Thank you very much, and good morning, everyone. This is Preacher Bill Gilliland at First Christian Church right here in Covington, and it's a joy to be able to reach out to those that are listening uh, by radio and uh, to bring you the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know that we have a lot of our uh, First Christian Church folk who have not yet decided to come back to the in-person service in our sanctuary, and so you've been faithful listeners during this year now of pandemic, COVID-19 virus, and we're just continuing to work and pray that uh, pretty soon things can get back to some kind of normal and that many of you will be able to come back and be with us in, in that sweet fellowship that we've had over the years. We also appreciate a lot of our other listeners in the community that uh, have chosen to uh, go to the Word of God with us and to explore uh, some of the wonderful passages that can lead us to become better people and assure us of our salvation, the forgiveness that can only be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're looking at a series of messages that we started last week. Uh, the theme of this is from the ashes, from the ashes. And of course, the idea is that many times we realize that our lives are defeated, um, sometimes in despair, and the Lord Jesus Christ is the one that can lift us out of the ashes and make something of us. And he can also lead us to, to grow and to become more mature and complete in him. And that's what uh, every Christian, uh, every child of Christ should desire to be more like Jesus, to be able to have our lives shaped according to his example. And in this series of messages, we're going to take a close look at Jesus during his life here on earth and during that short three-year period when he walked and talked and taught and healed. But in every aspect of his life, he showed us how to have real life, abundant Life. Last week we looked at the temptation of Jesus and we noted that uh, we too must be able to uh, overcome the devil's ploys when he leads us or when we are guided into temptation. And uh, Jesus, of course, was able to overcome the temptations of the devil and that's an example of how we can do the same. Now today, let's look at the subject of humility, shall we? Because Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, was a model of, humi of humility. Uh, Jesus demonstrated humility by coming to earth uh, from heaven, and he demonstrated humility in his life and ministry while he was here on earth. You know, the story is told that in the days of the American Revolution, uh, one day a rider came across a few soldiers who were trying to move a heavy log or tree of wood uh, out of the highway, out of the roadway, and they were not being very successful. 
and there was a young corporal who was standing by them, just watching the men and shouting out orders as they struggled to move that heavy log. And the rider couldn't believe it. And finally, he asked the corporal why he wasn't uh, helping them. Um, and the corporal replied, I'm a corporal. I just give orders. And the rider said nothing in response. Instead, he, he got off of his horse and he went up and he stood by the soldiers. And as they tried to lift that wood, he helped them. And with his help, the task was finally able to be carried out. Saying nothing, the rider got back upon his horse and rode away. And the corporal asked, uh, I wonder who that rider was. And one of his soldiers says, that rider was George Washington, our commander-in-chief. Uh, I've always loved that story. Uh, this is a perfect example of what humility is all about. You know, that story invites our admiration of Washington, doesn't it? George Washington. And, and conversely, uh, it invites our disdain for that arrogant corporal who wanted to shout out orders but not willing to help with the job at hand. And a, a story like this doesn't need any explanation because we all understand what's going on here. We know because there are times in our lives when we have acted more like that corporal than we would care to admit. We want to be humble. We want to be helpful. We want to think of others more than we think of ourselves, but we live in a torn, proud, jealous, selfish world that doesn't want to be like Jesus. So today we get the opportunity to learn from the example of Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who humbled himself, conquered death so that we might experience abundant life. You know, as admirable as the example of George Washington said in that story that I just revealed is, the reality is that we have an even greater example. We have the greatest example in Jesus Christ himself. Uh, an example for what it really looks like to humble ourselves and to serve others. Now, we're going to consider a very important passage of Scripture uh, today over in Philippians chapter 2, and it's one that most of us are familiar with if we have studied the Bible at all. And we're going to be, begin reading in uh, verses 3 through 5 because there the Apostle Paul talks about the, the attitude and the lifestyle that Christians, followers of Jesus, should have. He says there, beginning in Philippians 2 and verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. What a great scripture. Uh, an image of what humility is all about. Now, Paul's encouragement is it's for believers to be like Jesus. It's for our attitudes to be like 
the attitudes of Jesus and for our actions to mirror his actions while he was here on earth. Now, on the one hand, we might say, yeah, but that's easier said than done. You're talking about the Son of God here. That's true. But on the other hand, Paul goes on to list uh, some of the attitudes and the actions of Jesus that we should model. And uh, I'd like for us to continue reading here in verses 5 through 8. In in the last part of verse 5, he said, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's a fantastic scripture. No wonder it's one of our favorite ones that we read and refer to so often. And so the Apostle Paul lists some specifics uh, of Jesus that I believe that each of us should want to get on board with. Consider what he said in those last few verses. Don't take advantage of your positions in life. Uh, Paul said, uh, he did not, Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Or said another way, don't don't lord yourself over others. You know, most of us are leaders in some area of life or another at some point in our lives. We will all have opportunities to lead others, but also to take advantage of others. But the Apostle Paul is reminding us here that Jesus had all the power and the opportunity in the universe to use his position to his own advantage, but instead he chose to lay it all aside. And the second aspect that the Apostle Paul emphasizes here about the humility of Jesus is that we should want to serve others. We should want to be a servant to others. When when Christ laid aside his royal position, he chose instead to become a servant. And that word is used right here in Philippians chapter 2. He found himself uh, in the appearance of a man. Uh, he became and took the very nature of a servant. Am I willing to do that? Am I willing to set aside any advantage that I might be able to muster in order to get ahead in this world? Am I willing to lay that aside when it comes to the point of helping others who are less fortunate than I am? Am I willing to be a servant? And then the other idea is simply to give ourselves away. Uh, In in the scripture, it, it says he made himself nothing and uh, I've said so many times the literal, uh, the literal of that in the Greek is he emptied himself. In other words, he gave himself away. Jesus' humility led him ultimately to the cross. We, we're familiar with this story, and that's the story that we're leading up to toward Easter Sunday. 
But can't we see that we can't have a glorious resurrection that leads to an abundant life unless we're willing to see what Jesus did for us when he came into the world and went to the cross? Where are you holding on too tightly to all the things that you want, dear friends? Where is your kingdom? Where is your things, your dreams, your aspirations? What do you need to let go of? Jesus gave himself up for us, and we need to be able to do the same for him in our service to others. Humility isn't um, much of a destination to be reached as it is an attitude to be embraced. So the Apostle Paul here in Philippians chapter 2 makes it very clear that humility is a really big deal. It was a big deal for Jesus. Can you even imagine humility boasting about itself or pointing to its own jersey number like we see athletes do whenever they make a big play? That, that, that always kind of turned me off. I don't know about you. Uh, for you old-timers, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be silly if humility danced around the boxing ring like Muhammad Ali used to do, screaming, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest? Well, of course that would be silly. That's the problem with pride. It puffs itself up so that humility is covered, buried. <clears throat> you know, humility is a big deal. And Jesus evidenced that when he came to earth, gave up everything that he had there, so that he could come down here and serve us uh, to give us abundant life. Um, we don't have time to go into an exhaustive list of what the scripture says about humility and the importance of it, but I, I would just like to mention a few scriptures that would highlight this, this important issue for Christians. Even in the Old Testament, God said, that he wanted his people to show humility. In the prophet Micah, chapter 6 and verse 8, uh, the Bible says, Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression and the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? And then the Bible says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That's a great verse. Maybe that's a verse we need to memorize and rehearse every day. We need to act justly, love mercy, and then walk humbly. In other words, do the right thing. Have pity and compassion on one another, and especially on those less fortunate, and then be humble. Be like Jesus. Paul says in Ephesians 4 and verse 2, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And we've already heard the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Philippians. Uh, but listen to the Apostle Peter. In 1 Peter 5 verses 5 and 6 where Peter says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. What a great, what a great challenge for every Christian. 
humble yourselves now and God will lift you up later. But that's the plan. Now, it's interesting that in the the letter that James, the half-brother of Jesus, the leader of the Jerusalem church, uh, quoted, was the same scripture that Peter quoted in his letter. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And both of these New Testament leaders are encouraging humility. Both men quote the same passage, which was originally in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 34. And they describe God's opposition to proud people, but his offer of grace to the humble. Now, of course, the Bible says, of course, we're saved by grace through faith. So I'm not so sure, dear friends, just how much uh, availability there's going to be of grace that doesn't come out of humility. Um, we need to consider that when we get puffed up and when we get proud. Now, uh, God opposes the proud. Obviously, no one uh, or a few people want God opposing them. That's, that's a strong enough argument in itself to, to be humble and selfless, isn't it? But uh, let me take it a step further. Over in Psalm 138, and verse 6, the New Living Translation translates this verse like this. Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble, but he keeps his distance from the proud. I'm going to read that again because you may not have heard that verse before. Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble, but he keeps his distance from the proud. God's opposition is one thing. That's horrible. But the idea brought out here in Psalm 138 is that God distanced himself from the, from the prideful. And that, that should really terrify us. Pride and arrogance are incompatible with humility, which means these are attitudes that will only, uh, you, you will only find far away from Jesus because he's going to keep his distance from those who are proud. <clears throat> uh, we have a great example in the Lord Jesus Christ of humility, and I've already challenged us to read uh, the scriptures uh, in the Gospels, the life of Christ, these miracles, these teachings of Jesus. And, and you know, the scriptures are just full of examples of humility and uh, selflessness and service and outreach on the part of our Savior. You know, in, in Luke chapter 5, verses 12 and 13, the Bible says Jesus came to one of the towns and a man came along who was uh, covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, the Bible says he fell to the ground and begged him, Lord, if, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And verse 13 of Luke chapter 5 says, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man, and he said, I am willing, be clean. And immediately, the leprosy left him. I, I'll tell you, the, the, the little phrase there, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man, that's, a, that's an act of humility. He, this man was unclean. He had a dreaded disease 
he was supposed to keep himself away from the rest of humanity, isolate himself. Jesus reaches out here. He's humble. And uh, he not only heals the man, but he shows the man that he is full of compassion, that he's important. You remember the story of the Good Samaritan. Um, how a man was robbed and beaten and left for dead along the road and two very important Jewish officials, a priest and a Levite, came by. And they, they both saw him, but they went by on the other side. The Bible says, uh, Jesus teaching this story, he says a, a certain Samaritan came by and uh, he saw him and he took pity on him and he went to him and one translation that I read said he stooped down to the man, bandaged his wounds, poured on oil and wine, put him on his own beast, took him to the local inn, cared for him, provided for more care even after he left. But, you know, the idea is that he went to him. The, Pharisee, the Pharisees, are the, the priests and the Levites, they, they went by on a, a distance. They saw him. But the Samaritan came to him and stooped down. Are you willing to stoop down to help others? Are you willing to reach out and touch others? You know, I, I guess the greatest uh, example of Jesus' humility came on the night of his betrayal when he gathered in the upper room with his disciples. And you'll remember he washed their feet. And, of course, if you went back into the the background of this story, the disciples had been arguing with each other who was the greatest. And Jesus, no doubt, heard them arguing. And so while they were uh, in the evening meal, the Bible says Jesus got up from the meal and took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist and he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And that he came to Simon Peter, and Simon said, Oh, you're, you're, you're going to wash my feet? You, you won't wash my feet. Jesus said, Peter, if I can't wash your feet, you can't have any part in me. And after he had completed this task and he put his garments back on, he looked at his disciples and he said, Do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. And now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Jesus loved us, gave himself up for us. We need to be humble in every way. Um, we need to reach out. We need to be willing to reach out and touch. We need to be willing to, to go to the person that has that need. It's the sign of a Christian. It's the sign of living for Jesus. It's the sign of humility that gains great reward someday. And we need to be grateful for Jesus' example of humility. Thank you for joining us today. I hope that you're a Christian. And I hope that if you're not showing humility in your life, the, following the example of Jesus, that you'll begin to do that, especially during this 
this uh, time that we're leading up to the resurrection of Jesus. We can have a real celebration, but we've got to be like Jesus in order to do that. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for these moments that we have together. We thank you, Lord, for the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and for their portrayal of the life of your Son, who was willing to give it all up and empty himself and come to this world and live a life down here and to go through uh, all that he did and then to die on the cross for the sins of all humanity. Lord, we just praise you for Jesus. Help us to walk humbly and to follow his example in the life that you have given to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.